0: Welcome to Surrey's Greener Future. In these podcasts we will identify ways where each and every one of us can do our bit to make a difference. We will also keep you updated about a number of local projects supported by Surrey County Council which are designed to improve the environment. In this episode I joined the 109 people who visited the Farnham Repair Café for their January event. The Repair Café is held once a month at the Spire Church in South Street. I'm at the Farnham Repair Café. People can bring their things along and have them repaired. The statistics of the Repair Café are pretty impressive. As you can hear, it's busy. I'm with George and Perry, who are two of the repairers that have come along today to lend their skills to make people go away satisfied. Customer's probably not the right word. What would you call them?
1: I think I've used the word customer on some of the forms. Clients. Clients, probably, maybe that's more PC.
2: Happy people when they've had their stuff fixed, I guess that's the important thing. So
0: how long have you both been doing this?
1: I've been here about two years or so. and A little bit less, about a
2: year I think I've
1: been here.
2: I actually came, I'm an electronic engineer with some mechanical experience as well. But it happened that the first month I came here, they lost the man that repaired the bikes. So I ended up as being the bike man. But in the winter, people don't seem to want to bring their bikes along. So you have to turn your hand to whatever you feel you can um, have a go at. What gives you
0: the greatest enjoyment in doing this?
1: I, I think it's seeing people that have brought things in, especially if they're family items that they've had for a long time, that they're maybe their parents or their someone's had, or even you know children bringing toys in, and then you're able to fix them, and you know you can see that it means a lot to them. It's not maybe so much of a big deal for us because that's what we're here for. So but it's it's i think that's probably why most of us do it because it gives you a sort of sense of satisfaction and you know using sort of skills that you maybe don't use all the time but if it's something quite simple i mean i just fixed a an old-fashioned steamer thing with the leaves that fold up you know and you put it inside a pan put boiling water under it and it was one of those leaves had come loose it was a bit worn and a bit knackered to be honest but you know i was able to bend the metal back stick the leaf back in bend it round so it was, it was working, it was usable, and, and the lady left happy and was pleased that, I think a lot of people are pleased that things are being recycled and that's where they get their satisfaction from, as well as having something that's repaired, that that's, that's actually not being going to landfill or it's not wasted, i haven't got to spend money on something else, which is effectively wasting money I suppose.
2: I think I get the most satisfaction from repairing nice, old, well-built devices that have just had a bad day and lost a wire or, or some minor thing that's gone wrong and, and you, you can put it back into a as new operation. You know, what makes me unhappy is the number of stuff that comes along and it's built to a very low standard really and it's got no long lifetime potential and you're really struggling. Plastic stuff that's broken, stuff that's not very well designed. There's no real long-term future for the devices, so you have to give the bad news.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you both very much. That was very interesting. I'm talking with Martin Charter about repair cafes. Now, Martin, where did the concept of repair cafe first come from?
3: Thank you very much for the question and, and great to engage with your podcast. So Repair Cafés as a concept started in the Netherlands in around 2009 when an ex-journalist, Martine Posner, started the first Repair Café in the Netherlands. And so they now go back over a decade. And what Martine did is after starting the concept in the Netherlands, She grew this to something called the Repair Cafe Foundation. And essentially, one of the great things about the foundation's website is it tracks all the repair cafes in the world. I mean, it doesn't probably pick them all up, but it's a very good source to see where the repair cafes are. And as of last week, there's now about 2,010 repair cafes in the world. And within the UK now, there's something like 125 repair cafes, and that really has doubled in the last year. So the UK is really picking up. The leaders in the repair cafe movement often sort of follow the traditional sort of green trend, if you like. So the highest proportion of repair cafes are in the Netherlands, Germany, and actually, interestingly, France is now to grow uh, quite quickly alongside Belgium.
0: That's good news that the number has doubled in the UK when did the Farnham Repair Cafe start?
3: I think our first repair cafe was in 2015 and what we did was set up a couple of tests of the repair cafe because at that stage there was only very few and we felt we needed to test it as sort of Fairly experienced people who've who've done various things in the past. So we then uh, sort of moved through the process and moved it to a charity, um, the first charity in the UK, uh, you know, within the context of Repair Cafe in 2017. And we've now run 57 individual sessions. So we've got a good sort of track record behind us now and going strong.
0: So you... Have a repair cafe in Farnham once a month on a Saturday?
3: That's correct, yes.
0: What percentage of items that people bring to you, roughly, get repaired?
3: So, as I mentioned, we've run sort of 57 sessions, and so we've got a good sort of data set now. And and what our repair cafe is, you know, firstly is, is a service for citizens of Farnham, but we've also set it up as a bit of a living laboratory, so we're collecting a lot of information. So based on our analysis over the 57 sessions, uh, we have a repair rate of about 65%. And that's interesting for me, even if I sort of step back, and I still think it's an incredibly high figure. But very interestingly, Apart from actually running the Repair Cafe, we did the first two global surveys of r- the Repair Cafe through my other hat as a professor at the University for the Creative Arts. So what we found in those surveys, the average repair rate you know, across the 300 or so respondents was 63%. So what we're finding is, is a, quite a significant level of repair, primarily down to the level of skills and knowledge of the repairers within the communities so despite the vast majority of products not being designed for dismantlability or repairability or longevity what it's quite clearly showing with the right skills and knowledge which is often sitting there in the community if you can engage with those uh, people is that products can be repaired.
0: You would be very keen for people who do have skills in the areas that where you get products to be repaired, so that, I presume, is electronics, furniture, things like that, to actually come forward.
3: Absolutely, and we, we are getting more volunteers coming on board, and we're even now having to go through a slightly more informal interview process to ensure that they they do have the right skills and which we've been very fortunate to identify so far but one area that we're looking to do is to also share the knowledge of repair cafes within uh, surrey and hope to encourage some more startups in surrey and we're going to be doing this through a conference in march
0: what is that conference covering
3: so that conference will broadly give a bit of an update on a third Global Repair Cafe survey that we were a partner in but we we didn't lead. But that will be one of the first times the information will be shared from a colleague in the Netherlands. And then we're going to have some other up-to-date research findings from a survey we did amongst our visitors. We'll then be showcasing two new software products that we are fortunate to have received some funding to develop. And particularly one of those will be a sort of online platform where repair cafes can sort of put in the number of products they've repaired. And what that platform will do, well, it will give you the equivalent CO2 emissions, you know, based on the weight of the product. So what we've done within Farnham Repair Café is we weigh all our products so we can identify how much uh, waste is diverted from landfill through repair. But also what we've done is to prepare a sort of algorithm, if you like, where we convert that waste savings into CO2 savings. So what we're doing is bringing that knowledge into a free platform that we'll open up to whoever wants to use it, whether it's start-up repair cafes or the existing repair cafes. And, and ourselves and a number of other repair cafes also share knowledge around this, the lessons learnt in terms of organizing repair cafes, marketing repair cafes, technical things like insurance, fundraising, and we'll end up with another session where we look at it from a product point of view. And then we'll finalise the event by exploring some of the sort of policy implications for boroughs and towns and different parts of Surrey.
0: Well, it sounds a very, very interesting day. And you're hoping to recruit, so to speak, some new repair cafes from that as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, as part of our charitable mission, what we have agreed as the trustees is that we, apart from trying to run our own repair cafe, to the best of the ability and, and, and keep keeping that focus within Farnham. What we're also doing is to share our knowledge and experience. And fortunately wearing my UCA hat we've been able to get some funding to develop the tool, but what we are also keen to do is to share that broader knowledge to encourage some other repair cafes to be set up in Surrey or in other parts of the UK or even Europe. I mean we ran event maybe three four years ago looking at the idea of the a new movement of what i term makers modifiers and fixes so this is repair cafes maker spaces um, and other types of community workshop that citizens are engaging with to make modify, fixed products and we really didn't promote it too strongly but we had over a hundred delegates from perhaps five to ten european countries so it's perhaps picking up maybe one, can not quite call it mega trend, but possibly an emerging trend of people now wanting to engage in making and modifying and fixing products.
0: Do you charge people who have their products repaired or is it just a voluntary contribution is kindly accepted?
3: Absolutely, it's the, it's the latter. So we there is no charge for any of the services we provide, and, and that's primarily the repair, the direct repair of products, but we also now have developed a 3D printing service, so if people have a very highly customised repair that they're needed that maybe need a replacement component, we can now print those components and repair products. So essentially what we asked for not too uh, aggressively but you know we have donation pots there so if people feel they've had a good service we, cl- we encourage you know donations so in terms of the funding of our repair cafe all the people involved in it are volunteers and we fund the repair cafe by uh, donations and a few small grants
0: Well that sounds very good Out of interest have you got figures that say how much weight you've stopped going to landfill or how much co2 you've saved
3: i do and, and from memory we have well just over three and a half tons of weight diverted from landfill and that is equivalent to about 32 tons of carbon saving and the other element that perhaps some of the other repair cafes are not measuring is from a social side, we also have a very high satisfaction level. You know, people come into the repair cafe hoping we can help them repair their products or give them some good advice. And we actually do retain a 98% satisfaction level. That's not everybody going through the repair cafe, but maybe it's 10% of the visitors. So we measure that. We have had nearly 3,000 visitors now. But the other area that probably really relatively few measure is the sort of economic slash social benefit. so potentially near £100,000 of savings for citizens of Barnum, and what that's derived from is we measure those products were repaired, what would have been the cost of trying to buy a new item. And that, interestingly, has had a bit of an increase recently, because there was, through the repair cafe relatively recently the owner didn't highlight anything but was repaired and then we found that that item was worth over two thousand (laughs) pounds so that was my my colleague when she was doing the research into the item had to sort of treble check with me whether it was the right item
0: i can imagine that yes well thank you very much I'm with Steve who has a 3D printer demonstration running here. I'm sure that 3D printer can probably be very useful in making the repairs.
4: We found it very useful to try and create new parts, particularly for older items where plastic parts may have broken. Um, What we can do is we can take the old broken parts and we can create a new CAD model for that part. And then we can print a part within a, a a few hours and then at the following repair cafe, we can then fit that replacement part to the customer's product. So it means that we've got more scope to replace older items and bring those items back to full use again. We've done various things. We've done very small items, like a button for a head torch, which was just lost. We've done a replacement handle for an umbrella, where a lady had lost the handle and couldn't use her umbrella anymore. We had a lady with an antique replica lamp which had uh, cracked. We couldn't get the fittings for it, so we just created some new designs and were able to get the replacement electrical parts and fit the lamp back together, and she was delighted that we'd uh, fix her antique lamp, which had been in the family for many years. So it just gives us more scope to repair things that we can't get spare parts for. How much
0: does it cost for a setup like this?
4: We bought the printer as a kit, which was about £700, and it took a couple of days to assemble it. But once you actually get the material, which is about £30 per reel, you can print possibly hundreds of parts just from one reel of PLA filament, which is what we're using here. Do you need a very powerful computer to drive the printer? Well, the the printer is fairly self-contained, so the printer just needs a file which has the code to be able to create the part from. You can actually design the parts just using a conventional computer with some CAD software on it. You then export the computer model to another program which then slices that model down to something called G-code which the printer can then read and then print out that item for you. So it's actually a fairly simple process that you can do on conventional computing equipment. And how long does it take the
0: printer to actually make the average part?
4: Most parts take around about sort of 45 minutes to print. Obviously it depends on the size of the part and how fine you want the layers to be printed. So typically if you take maybe a a nut or a gear, it would take about 35 minutes to print that.
0: Now, the selection of items you have on this white sheet, have they all been printed on this printer?
4: They have, yeah, we have a number of different items here. We have a, we've made a G-clamp, so this is just something for the repairers to use if they want to hold something while it's being glued back together. This is actually a button cap for a seatbelt release. It's for an old Saab that somebody had, and the, part, the, the original parts had just degraded over time. So we were able to measure the old parts, create a CAD model, and then print out some replacement button caps for the seatbelt releases. Um, we have some gears and some, a nut and a bolt and a washer here, which we've printed for some items that we've prepared in the, in the past. And we've also got some uh, takeaway items. Uh, so we printed out some key ring badges for children that come into the repair cafe so they can take those away. Just to remind them to come back again.
0: Well, thank you very much. You must be saving an awful lot of
4: items from going to scrap and having a lot of fun in the process too.
0: (laughs) This podcast has been produced by the Mr T Podcast Studio as part of Surrey's Greener Future programme. Please use this material to help inform others.